One could almost hear the hum at this point, even beyond the barriers of sleep. It wouldn't be long before even the sanctuary of my dreams was infiltrated by the infernal song. The delight that seeped through the window had a noticeably sickly tinge to it, the natural wholesome yellows and blues tinged with rancid oranges and reds. That was a surprise. I'd expected that they'd burn themselves out before morn, but hey... Once again, I was forced to confront my own mental inadequacy. Or perhaps I'd merely meant for the pile to burn my home down when I slipped. Probably not, but it didn't matter. Whatever thing I had desired from the night had once again been banned from me, and all that was left was the present. The horrid, sulking present. Power was still on in the fridge. I had eighteen months left on that before I expected anything to break down. Oh, joy of joys. Then I would have another problem to fix. And then what? Sometimes these things could just burn out like the pile, but even then. Serpent-like tongues were licking the window frame outside, drawn to my little slice of peace by the pile. Whoever had dragged it here had meant me harm, of course, but it seemed shallow even for one of my former adversaries to do something like this. But then the tongues would disappear too, if I simply refused to notice them. They liked the attention. It was the only thing that drove them across the blasted sands anymore. Well, that and the pile. Always the piles. Always. It always impressed me how persistent they were, as though they figured mere flesh could cut through reinforced glass. And then what? What sustenance would my body provide them? As much sustenance as the bowl of cereal I now poured for myself, I supposed. Even if the bodies were so desecrated any rational man would deem them unworthy of food, they still pursued the scraps in whatever pathetic, solipsistic way they could. I shut the blinds. The darkness cut me off from information, true, but it was safe to say they'd follow their usual pattern. Nineteen hours of scrambling against the window, then they'd settle on the pile. A week and a half and the thing would be gone, ashes and all. Perhaps they'd be stupid enough to ingest the flames of the meat. It seemed like something they would do. Even through the glass in the shades, I could hear them scarpering around, desperately striving against the protective panels. There were not enough resources to slaughter them. Not anymore, so I simply had to make do. I popped a couple of earbuds and letting myself fall further from the remaining scraps of reality I was entitled to. There was nothing I felt like listening to. They were only there to mute my senses. That's what I told myself, then realized I was lying. I had something playing. It didn't matter. But it was there, a, a gentle tone to drown out the true madness of the rest of all. This. They were still outside. Of course they were. You did not blame the mosquito for going after blood, did you? Well, you did if you were stupid. 
If you were smart, like I pretended to be, you slapped the mosquito away without malice, so I would do to them, too. Soon. Always soon. Always soon. I slept a good ten hours a day now, mostly out of boredom. Two and a half hours gone that I could spend tinkering with something, figuring something, anything out. The lamps down in hydroponics were going to die someday. The outsiders would eventually pile up enough bodies outside that the hunters would scrape down my glass. I needed further barricades. The floor needed to be swept. My feet were getting black with soil, and everywhere I went, I suffered the grainy sensation of a thousand lumps of dirt poking into my soft flesh. All tasks I'd done a dozen or more times before, and that I'd do a thousand more. Perhaps. Perhaps. Always that perhaps. The perhaps that came from not being sure that the soon I so craved was actually really soon. It was that uncertainty that kept me in this terrible limbo, and that limbo which kept me sleeping from completing any of those tasks that my slumbering self would desire done in the future. I wrapped up on the bowl of cereal and gave one last look to the blinds. The hunters were still desperately carving themselves away on the barriers. Pitiful. Just as pitiful as me. As pitiful as the outsiders thinking that this sort of ploy would ever take me down, or if it did, grant them any satisfaction. What's done is done. More blood on the ground wouldn't change that. All of us were simply trapped in our own insanities, all born of that horrid malignancy which was the survival instinct, convinced in our own ways that the actions which were carving away at our sanity would grant us a longer life. They wouldn't. None of this would, especially if I stuck around. It was not yet time, nor would it be time if I checked. But what else was I going to do today? Best I could would be to prep the guns for the hunters, but logically it made sense to not trade a couple of bullets just for the claws to cease clanging against my windows for a couple of days. Bullets were precious. My sanity was not, at least to a point. I was going to go check. I grabbed the key off the nightstand and slotted into the one of three doors in my lodgings which really mattered. Up. We were going up. Again. I cracked the rusted thing open with my fingers. It was a good thing I'd gotten my shots before everything went down, for the little brown chunks of metal tore holes of crimson into my skin. The hunters recognized this, even from so far away, and redoubled their efforts to scratch through the window. The door was just another aspect of my present existence that I had neglected for the sake of for the sake of my own laziness, maybe. Or just a recognition of the hopelessness of it. The hopelessness of me being able to carve out any nuisance of hope. Didn't have to be the same hope. My old desires would never be fulfilled, true. Besides this one, which I now reviled, but it didn't matter. The door was open, and I was confronted by the roaring winds of that which lied beyond. They lashed about like whips, scourging my skin with their melancholic wail and countless bits of dust. 
The dust still blames me for rendering it unto this fate, breaking little holes into my skin as though it were actually mad that the building it once belonged to no longer exists. So the dust is forced into existence like us, constantly striving to find meaning in individuality. I cannot deny that such is one of my crimes. I know it, the ones outside know, and by the ten-faced lizard, even the hunters probably know it. There is no one left to lie to. I wrap my coat around my frame, and that knows most of the pain. There's a steady, thirsty throb in my skin from the first barrage of lacerating particles, but it's dull enough to the point where I'll be able to ignore it until I get back into bed. Then it'll be a constant itch that'll keep me up for an hour, staring up the ceiling wondering where it all went wrong. All because I was too lazy to put my coat on at the appropriate time. Another bit of my mistakes, just indicative of the wasteland standing before me. I was spared the horror of most of it, just here on the ground level. Just the insidious hints of brown and orange peeking out just beyond the horizon of the spire, mocking me in their own way with their silence. But I ignored that mockery too. There would be plenty of time to reflect on their japes as I climbed higher. Yes, higher and higher upon steps that I designed, built by hands I didn't know and couldn't remember. Perhaps they belonged to outsiders now, or maybe were worked into the instruments of the hunters. But, more likely than anything, those hands were as deceased as the skyscape I was now looking out on. Each door, a dozen people. Each person, a thousand stories. Gone. I never meant this. How could I? I'd never been one to look out at the grand landscape of creation and tell myself that it was nothing more than a game for my amusement, or even that it was a game that I could win. And yet, in the scope of that horrid rule system, I won. Nobody could say otherwise now. I was king of the hill, of the spire, rather. Orange and brown and nothing but a broken mind to watch over them. There was only one story left to tell. As I walked up every step, I tried to give an importance to each and every single one of them, that even if the structure's power remained intact, that the purpose managed to linger in any form or fashion. <sighs> I was above my quarters now, and I could finally put my gaze to the outside. A wilderness which I always had to remind myself was not a wilderness but a few years ago. Or, I suppose you could say, in a certain uncharitable way, that it was in its way a wilderness that posed as much a threat to me before as it does now. But, like I said, that would be uncharitable. And whatever I might be, I am... Certainly a charitable person. At least, I like to think that of myself. After all, this whole plan, the spire, its construction, me wandering up to the top every now and then, seeing, hoping for... I don't know at this point. But it was all for something, a change, thinking that any change from this stark, bleeding reality would be good. 
Simply mathematically speaking, we have deviated from the norm of reality. That's what I can tell myself. But there is so much more room for things to be improved by the mere essence of change. That what I am doing, what I propose to myself that I do, is... I can see that it is an act of charity to those who remain. Of course, that might all be hubris. It was hubris before, of course. That's why I'm here. That's why the outsiders are here, or even the hunters. Because it was all hubris that time. And I still haven't admitted to myself that I was wrong. I'm a good forty feet above the ground, say. And there's a bizarre desire in myself to just... Go ahead and jump. At this height, it might not be enough to instantly kill me, but... I would certainly bleed out, pass out from the shock. And then, I would be gone. There's a desire to do that, certainly, but that would also be the coward's way out. The coward's way out in that there would be no finality to this. That this world, which is at least partially of my construction, would simply continue to be in the accursed, wretched form that it is, just eternally lingering in this... What am I even saying? There's no place for regret here. After all, regret is a social emotion, is it not? I only say that I regret this because there are or would have been others whose lives would have been ruined by this project. At this point, there are simply the outsiders, the hunters, and me. And my relations with those other two parties are so strained you could hardly call them relations at all. It'd be like saying that I have a relationship with... <sighs> What's a good example here? It'd be like saying that I have a relationship with the rust wind. As in, yes, even through the coat, I can feel it purging a little deeper into my skin each and every day that I so dare to go outside. That I so dare to go check. Indeed, I have a relationship in that it exists, I exist, and that we move about in the same parameters of the universe. But, honestly, at that point, if you're going to define a relationship like that, then I have a relationship with literally everything, and the word itself becomes meaningless. Not even worth using, because it's simply self-evident. In words like, relationship should not be self-evident. They should be things that I have to wonder over. Still going up. It always saddens me to think about the times before, and there's another impulse in my head, much like the one to just jump off, and it'll break my memories off at that point. There's another impulse running through my head to simply forget all of it. This reality that I found myself in was normal, and in a sense, I can say that it is, in fact, normal. In one sense. A very crude, brutish, and even inaccurate sense, I'd say. Even the days where we constructed this thing, those days weren't normal. No, they, they couldn't be. Our hearts soared every single day, at least mine did, even as my knees strained, my knuckles ached, and I could feel the malaise strengthening under my skin. Yes, e even those days weren't normal, even though they're the ones I look back on with the rosiest glasses. Three quarters of the way to the top now. I can see a bit farther out now. It's windier, of course, but there's not that much rust. It can only get to the lowest levels. 
I'm tempted to take my coat off to feel the air about my skin in a way that isn't counterfeit, just a mere reflection of what had been. But I know that even up here, that even so close to the very thing that I want to call my salvation, that the very air itself is still my enemy. At this point, I can see many of their fires. They've built their piles, too, trying to get the hunters to... I don't know. I don't know their politics. I don't know what they think to themselves whenever they haul themselves out. I can hazard some guesses as to their intentions, but what could I say except that I expect each and every incidence of flame to be nothing more than a nihilistic striving against the terror that we found ourselves in, that I aid in bringing into this place as part of my naivete. Just another foul idea of other small-minded people, that by bringing devastation upon people that we feel have caused ourselves our problems, that merely by that fact that we could be happy. And certainly we could have been happy for a time. I remember that I was happy for a time. Even here, even watching as the thing utterly failed to do what we expected it to or rather, worked by parameters that we didn't believe were right, even the most fanatical of us, yes. At any rate, a malfunction, a, a glitch. Even as it worked like that, I could say that moment when the sky turned orange, that I felt a little bit of satisfaction in that. Not a lot. No, no, no. Not a lot. Most of it was fear, of course. Fear of this, this future that only I get to enjoy. But there is still a bit of joy there, too, because in it I saw the cutting of all the things that I felt needed to be cut off, that we felt needed to be cut off. Much more was lost than that, of course, much more than was needed. And yet I am almost the top. I'm almost there, yes. There's the meter. It reads 2% over yesterday, meaning that <sighs> there's no standard pattern anymore, save that it is slowly going up. I anticipate 18 days. I have the supplies for 18 days, yes. I can't lie to myself about that. Uh, surely, no matter how many piles they bring over, no matter how well they understand that this is the source of whatever this hellscape is, even if the outsiders understand that, they don't have enough resources for me to not pull that switch, because, after all, it would be foolish for me not to, right? I never understood what the second mechanism was supposed to be, save that it was chaos, change. I had only ever worked on the first, bit silly that I am now the steward of the second. But now anyone else who would have been qualified is long gone or screams to me now from far away about our folly. Or perhaps they are of the piles. They are of the hunters. I don't know. It's just me now. And I know that whenever that meter reaches 100%, whether it be a month, a year, tomorrow, doesn't matter. I will be here. I will be alive, and seeing that there will be no divine intervention to change the scenario for us, for me, rather, I will do this, whatever this is, simply 
for a little bit of change. Good deal the log gave us. 